1: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive
0: free dessert. The Jets show that they are for real as they blow out the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field 27 to 10. How did they do it? That's what we'll talk about today on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets,
1: your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, October 17th, 2022, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanking you for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. This podcast is free and it's available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening. You'll never miss an episode. You'll get notifications as new episodes are posted. And if you happen to be watching on YouTube, please give this episode a thumbs up. Help the channel out and it helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is presented by Prize Picks. Prize is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a one hundred percent instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars with promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. And we are here today to break down another Jets victory. The Jets improved their record to four and two yesterday. They register their third straight win as they beat the Green Bay Packers 27-10 in Lambeau Field. I think this game feels different than the other wins this season, though. The other wins were great, but it's very difficult to take anything away from the Jets in this game. After Cleveland, you could say, well, they got a little bit lucky late in the game. The Browns did not handle the late-game situations well. They had that bust in the secondary that led to the long touchdown. You know, the Jets got an onside kick. You know, things got away from Cleveland. Against Pittsburgh, you could kind of say the same thing. Oh, the game got away from the Steelers. The quarterback situation was not great. And speaking of a not great quarterback situation, you could say that last week against Miami where the Jets went up against a third-string quarterback who really did not prepare for the game at all. This is different. Jets went into Lambeau Field. They beat Aaron Rodgers. Now, clearly Aaron Rodgers was not 100%, but he's still Aaron Rodgers. And the Jets took advantage of the Packers' flaws. The Packers do not have a big play passing Attack at the receiver position. They have Aaron Rodgers, but they don't have a ton of talent at the receiver position. And the Jets went in there, and I thought, especially on the defensive side of the ball, they completely dominated the Packers on offense. There was a play in the first half that kind of told the story of the game for me, and it was actually a completion that the Packers hit on a third down uh, down the left sideline. Aaron Rodgers hit Alan Lazard for a 35 yard gain, but DJ Reed was in perfect coverage. And I remember when I was watching that play, as weird as it is to say on a play where the Jets gave up a 35-yard completion, that was the type of play that showed me that the Jets had a great shot at winning this game because the execution was so top-notch. And it was a situation where the Packers pretty much had to do everything perfect to move the ball because the Jets' defense was playing so well in this game. And it began up front with Quinn and Williams having a monster game, Sheldon Rankins playing well, John Franklin Myers, uh, contributors up and down the defensive line. Yeah, you know, when you play defense in this league, sometimes the offense is you can play the perfect defense. Sometimes the offense will just get you and you tip your cap. Sometimes perfect execution is going to beat you. What you do on defense though, what you need to do is force the offense to be perfect because in this league as good as NFL offenses are, they're not going to be perfect through the entire game. If you do that, and listen, Green Bay got 10 points in this game and I think the 10 points they got were mainly due due to a couple instances where they executed at a really high level. They just were not able to do it through the whole game. And that's in part because Rodgers was clearly playing hurt. It's in part because they they don't really have any big play receivers at this point. The Jets essentially forced Green Bay to be perfect. And yeah, the Packers got them a couple of times. But through the course of the game, Jets defense had the better of the play for the most part. You know, this game was interesting. And I I saw the jokes in the first half because the score at halftime was three to three. And I saw people making jokes, which were pretty accurate, that it felt like a Thursday night football game. And if you have not been following the NFL this year, we've had some terrible Thursday night football. The Thursday night football has been just dreadful so far this season. It was three to three. And I was frustrated watching this first half because the Jets offense was really struggling. And it felt to me like they were throwing away opportunities to take control of the game. And I understand, you know, it's a tie game, so maybe you could say Green Bay did the same, but it felt to me like the Jets' defense was completely dominating the Packers' offense, and the Jets' offense just could not get out of their own way. It felt did not feel to me like the Packers were playing great defense. It felt to me like the Jets were playing great defense, though. So they were only up 3 nothing late in the first half, and they had a really bad sequence right before the end of the half. It was in the last minute of the half. They had the ball at The Green Bay 35. They had a third and two. Zach Wilson's kind of struggling at this point, and Mike LaFleur, for the second time in this game, calls a rollout to the left. Which, if you if you know about a right how how difficult that is for a right-handed quarterback? Because think about it, if a right-handed quarterback's rolling left, he's kind of have to he kind of has to throw across his body. And Zach Wilson misses on the throw, and Greg Zorline misses a field goal attempt. You know, the first time since week one, Greg Zorline has failed. And the Packers got the ball back with great field position near the end of the half, and I it felt to me like you know maybe it was just the the. Packers going into a hurry-up offense that kind of changed the flow of the things, but it felt like the Jets' defense was on their heels the one-time all-game, and the Packers were able to get into scoring range, and they were able to get a field goal, so I, I really did not feel good about this game heading to the locker room at 3-3, but the Jets took control of this game in the third quarter, and, you know, Zach Wilson, who really did not play well yesterday, he did hit one big pass to Corey Davis on, on a, I think it was kind of a designed play-action rollout and he found Davis deep. And a couple plays later, Braxton Berrios took an end around in for a touchdown, a nice run by Berrios. And, you know, the, the replay, the replays all showed Dwayne Brown getting in front of the play. Dwayne Brown, who's been really solid since he's returned to the lineup um, the last two weeks, has really helped, I think, solidify the offensive line. You know, he, he got down the field, but Berrios scored a touchdown that kind of that gave the Jets a lead they would never re- relinquish. So the Jets then then got a stop, and then Michael Clemens blocked a punt. And this was the Jets' second blocked kick of the game. Quinton Williams had blocked a field goal in the first half, and Clemens actually almost blocked that one himself. If the trajectory of the ball was a little bit further to the left, Clemens would have had a second blocked kick on the game, but it was picked up by, by uh, Will Parks, who ran it back for a touchdown. And the Jets were up by 14 points at that point, and it felt like they were in control of the game, although the Packers did put together a drive, and Aaron Rodgers hit Lazard, a perfect back-shoulder throw. After that, though, Jets got the ball right back. It felt like the game was maybe teetering a little bit because Green Bay had cut it to seven after that touchdown. But the Jets put together a drive, and the key play was a Brees Hall 34-yard touchdown run where they kind of lined him up. They did not line him up in the backfield. They kind of brought him into motion across the formation and handed them the ball. And it's something they had done earlier in the game, and it felt like the Packers' defense kind kind of was expecting it. So you had guys flowing to the outside because the first time the Jets did that, Hall was running to the outside. So pretty much everybody vacated the middle of the field. So Hall read it, and he just cut back and ran it to the end zone. And that was part of the story of the game for Brees Hall. The Packers got the ball back at that point. They were down 14. and they, I mean, the, Green Bay was in desperate need of a drive. In fact, that that drive Green Bay went on, they went on. They actually went on a drive that lasted 12 plays. And it reminded me a little bit of the drive the Jets had two, two weeks ago in Pittsburgh, where they were down two scores in the fourth quarter. It was right around the same point of the game. It was around 9, 10 minutes left. But the Jets' defense held. They did their job, and that drive was bend but don't break because the Jets, you know, they gave up a few moderate gains, but they avoided the big play. And this, again, I go back to what I said earlier. The Packers essentially had to execute 13 straight plays, and they were unable to do it, and the Jets eventually got a stop. And then the Jets, you know, speaking of callbacks, they got the ball back with about, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter, maybe a little over nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're up 14, and you, you may remember a couple of weeks ago, the Bengals in a similar spot ran the ball at will on the Jets and essentially bled the clock. they They essentially ran the clock out. And that's what the Jets did on this drive. The Jets got the ball back with a little over nine minutes left. They ran thirteen plays. Every single play was a run. And they were bailed out They were helped out by a couple of Green Bay penalties, but they took they they took six and a half minutes off the clock. They got the ball all the way to the one yard line. They could not punch it in, but After, you know, taking six and a half minutes off the clock, that's really the goal, and they were able to kick a field goal to go up three scores. You know, really, I think on all accounts, a dominant performance by the Jets, you know, if their offense could have done anything in the first half, this game could have been over by halftime, but the offense eventually clicked and did enough in the second half, and the Jets got, again, the Jets got contributions in all three phases of the game. The defense was the best unit, but they also got a pair of blocked kicks on special teams. Now, Jets also did get a punt of their own blocked, but... Other than that, I think it was a really solid day for the special teams units. And the offense came to life in the second half. Now I had here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we're going to talk about some of the players who were stars. And there was nobody better than Quinnen Williams. Quinnen Williams is in the middle of a breakout season. And we're going to talk about what he did yesterday as we continue on this Monday Game Recap podcast. Yesterday was a throwback. It reminded me of the early days of Rex Ryan when the Jets had a dominant defense, an excellent rushing attack and maybe that's what things will look like going forward. The Jets had that winner's swagger yesterday. They had a winner's edge. Wouldn't it be nice for you to get it back and get that old swagger back into your step? Do you want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging? NuGenix Total T Testosterone Booster with tisto- testophan will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. NuGenix Total T contains man-boosting key ingredients like testosterone. It has been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. Nugenics Total Tea is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. Nugenics Total Tea can help re-energize your life and help you get back the powerful, confident, good-looking warrior you used to be. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text NFL to 231231. 231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. Absolutely free. Text NFL to 231-231. Text NFL to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at nugenics.com slash terms. Ahead here on the Lockdown on Jets podcast, we're going to talk about the dominating performance by Quinn and Williams. Quinn and Williams looked outstanding yesterday. And I'm not sure Athletic Greens 1 is going to help you play football like Quinn and Williams, but with one delicious scoop, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the daily nutritional insurance. Thank you again for making Locked on Jets your first listener, first watch every day. This show's free and available on all platforms. We are recapping a 27 to 10 Jets victory over the Green Bay Packers. The Jets are 4-2, and, and they are right in the middle of the AFC playoff race, and I think you know, barring some sort of long losing streak, they're going to be right in it till the end. And they've given themselves an excellent chance to make some noise in this conference based on the way they've started. It's very easy to lose track of just how little you need in the NFL to get things moving. You really only need a couple of impact players. And Quinnen Williams, he's a guy, I had kind of given up on the idea of Quinnen Williams being a superstar level player. And I, I, was a, I said that as a defender of him because... I've been saying for the last couple of years, you know, even if he's not the dominant player, he's still very good. He's part of the solution for the Jets. We're getting to the point where I may need to reevaluate that because Quinton Williams has been on a tear the last couple of weeks. Now, it's possible this is just a hot streak. It's possible he's in the middle of a career year and this is not necessarily representative of the player he's going to be going forward. But it's also possible that things are just clicking for Quinton Williams. And maybe four years in, he's figuring it out. Because he has been unblockable the last couple of weeks. And this was an absolutely dominant performance. A pair of sacks, a forced fumble, three quarterback hits, a couple tackles for a loss. And he even blocked a field goal. He even blocked a field goal. I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks. This is a good Jets defensive line. Lots of quality players. I've been questioning, do they have that one guy, though, who keeps defensive coordinators up at night? Do they have that one guy that other teams are just going to rearrange their blocking assignments to try and neutralize? Quinton Williams might be that guy. He's playing at that high of a level right now. And at the defensive tackle position, it does not always show up. You know, it's not always a, a spot where you produce big numbers because you face a lot of double teams. You know, I see people say, well, Quinton Williams faced a lot of double teams in the past couple of years. It's just true. There are five offensive linemen on any given play. The scheme the Jets run has four defensive linemen, so you just have to think this through. Five offensive linemen versus four defensive linemen—that means somebody's going to get double-teamed on every play. And typically, the way blocking assignments work is that you don't always—you don't always assign a guy to the center because he's got to snap the ball. So the center helps out one of the guards. Who are the guards blocking? They're blocking the interior guys. So you look across the league, outside of like the Aaron Donalds of the world, you know, maybe Chris Jones there aren't really a lot of defensive tackles who are putting up a ton of great numbers, which goes back to what I was saying about Quinton Williams. I was playing very well. People go crazy about the numbers. But, you know, you're not really expecting defensive tackles to put up tremendous numbers, typically. Quinton Williams, the fact he's putting up the numbers he's putting shows you how dom- how dominating he's being. Because if you actually are putting up numbers, if you're beating double teams, you're doing what Quinton Williams is doing, you're, I mean, you're changing everything about your defense. Quinton Williams again. I don't know whether this is just a hot streak. I don't know whether this is a career year. I don't know whether he's taking a step forward. But it's really difficult to uh, it's really difficult to play offense when you have a guy like that on the other side playing defensive tackle. And the other thing was there was there was really solid defensive line performance by the Jets in this game. I thought Sheldon Rankins played well. I thought John Franklin Myers played well. They got to Aaron Rodgers. You could tell Aaron Rodgers was not himself. You could tell that. I mean, you could tell even pregame warmups the hands he. he he was having issues with his hand and you saw him miss some throws, especially early in that game. And when when you're facing a quarterback who's a little bit banged up, you want to hit him. You want to get to him. And the Jets did that. You can tell when the Jets hit him, it was bothering him. He was having a tough time getting up. He looked very ginger. And you're not you know, they're not they were not taking cheap shots. They were doing it within the confines of the rule book. That's what you want to do. You want to make a quarterback feel it. You want him you want him to be very uncomfortable. And the Jets were on Rogers all game, they were harassing him. They did a good job setting, shutting down the Green Bay run, rushing attack as well. I also got to give credit to the linebackers, Quincy Williams and, and C.J. Mosley. I mean, this was like a throwback to—I thought this was a throwback to like Baltimore C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams. Quincy Williams got beat deep uh, on one play early in the game, and Rogers missed the throw. But outside of that, Quincy Williams was all over the place. Quincy Williams is what I refer to as like kind of a high variance player, where he's either going to be great or he's going to be terrible because he'll—you know—he. He runs to the ball, so half the time he'll he'll deliver big hit after big hit. Half the time he'll run himself out of the play. This was one of those games where he delivered big hit after big hit. And the secondary as well played well. And speaking about game-changing player, Sauce Gardner, I and mean, what can you even say about him at this point? He he looks every bit as good as the Jets were hoping he'd be. And right now I, I think you have two guys who are, and you could argue three because DJ Reed's also playing at a really high level. I think you have two guys who are playing at a superstar level for this Jets defense. And that changes everything. I mean, think about last year. Think about how bad this defense was a year ago. Now, of course, the Jets did change some parts. And I think the safeties have improved over the last couple of weeks after a brutal start to the season. But a couple of high-impact players, they change everything. And I think right now, Quinn and Williams and Sauce Gardner, what they are doing for this defense, they've transformed it. This defense is now a strength. Imagine this time last year talking about this defense being a strength. But that's where you are right now because you have a guy who just opposing teams cannot block and you have a corner who opposing receivers cannot get open on. And when you can stifle an opponent like that, it makes it really difficult for an offense. And I, you know, I think you gotta be as much as this performance excites you, it's how they're doing it because you're getting high level play. And then you're getting your supporting parts playing well. You're getting the guys who are kind of like the second tier guys. You're getting Franklin Myers, getting Rankins playing well. You're getting DJ Reed. It feels like the pieces are all coming together. You know, for, for over a year, I've heard people complain about the scheme. Schemes, any scheme's going to be tough to run when you don't have the players to run it. Jets, feel, it feels like the Jets have the players to run the scheme now. It's amazing how much better a scheme looks when you actually have the players to run it. And speaking of having players to run a scheme, on the offensive side of the ball, there's one player who just keeps getting better and better. He has become the go-to guy on offense. He had another big day yesterday. We're going to talk about Brees Hall as we continue this Monday game recap episode of the Locked On Jets podcast if you were playing daily fantasy yesterday i certainly you'd hope you did not have Brees hall running for less than 115 yards if so you lost and you probably deserve to lose because Brees hall's been great lately but if you are playing daily fantasy let me tell you about prize picks this is how it works you pick two to five players maybe Brees hall and a couple other guys and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry there's no competing against other people it's just you versus the projections available Prize Picks offers projections on any sport you watch. So, not just the NFL, you also got the NHL, the baseball playoffs, the NBA coming up, the PGA, college football, you got college basketball season beginning soon, men's and women's, you got soccer, and of course, you have disc golf. Entries are made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. There are safe and fast withdrawals, and they are currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. So download the PricePix app or go to PricePix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PricePix gives you another $100. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? This is the Locked On Jets podcast, breaking down the Jets' victory. The Jets beat the Green Bay Packers 27-10 at Lambeau Field yesterday, a dominant performance. All three phases showed up. Now, the offense did not show up in the first half. The second half it did, though. And the number one star on offense, far and away, I think was Brees Hall, followed by the offensive line. But this was an impressive performance from Brees Hall from the standpoint that the Jets' offense was really pretty one-dimensional in this game. They did not get much from the passing game. It was I, I don't think it was a good performance by Zach Wilson at all, which, by the way, it's a good thing when, it's not a good thing when your quarterback plays poorly, but it's a good thing when you can win going away when your quarterback doesn't really give you a whole lot, because it shows that the other pieces around the quarterback supporting him pretty good. And beyond that, now, instead of a week of where we've done this, you know, we've done this so many times, a week where everybody's talking about the young quarterback struggling, nobody's really going to focus on how be- that Zach Wilson's struggling. You can focus on the win. But the Jets needed to get the run game going in this one because they were not getting much from the passing game. And listen, I don't think the receivers were very good in this game either. I don't think Zach Wilson was the only problem with the passing game in this one. But the Jets were able to get the run game going. And, you know, part, I think the run blocking was pretty good, at least from my first watch, you know, watching it live. But Brees Hall, he just continues to impress. There are not many running backs in today's. This is not the NFL of 30, 40 years ago where you based your offense around a running back. There really are not many running backs left in this league where they are the focal point of the offense. But Brees Hall might be one of them. And I, you know, I don't want to throw out Jonathan Taylor because that's that's a very lofty comparison. But he might be, you know, maybe the next level down based on what we've seen in the last couple of weeks. He ran, he, this week, he got over 100. Last week, he, felt he only ran for 97. Of course, he added 100 receiving yards, but only 97 rushing yards last week. This week, he went over 100 on the ground. And for much of this game, he was the only offense the Jets had. And he you was know, running through arm tackles. He was breaking you know, 9, 10, 11-yard runs. He was keeping this offense on schedule. And he had that great touchdown run in the second half where it kind of looked like he was set out to go outside and then Red saw the middle of the field was open. So he just cut back. Brees Hall is going to be Zach Wilson's best friend going forward. It just makes life so much easier on a quarterback. And, you know, I talked about guys who are looking like difference makers on the defensive side of the ball. I talked about Quentin Williams. I talked about Sauce Gardner. While on the offensive side of the ball, Brees Hall is looking like a legitimate difference maker right now. In fact, you know, it doesn't seem to matter that if nothing else is working. The Jets have something they can count on right now with Brees Hall. And that's something they've lacked since 2015. You know, back in 2015, they had Brandon Marshall, you know, to a lesser extent, Eric Decker at the receiver position. And that was a year when Ryan Fitzpatrick, no matter what the situation was, he always knew he could just throw it up to Brandon Marshall and Brandon Marshall would make a play. It did not matter what the reads were on the play. It did not matter the progression. It did not really matter the coverage. He could throw it up and Brandon Marshall would make a play. You know, it's a different position. It's a different context. But at this point, you have to feel confident if you're the Jets, just giving the ball to Brees Hall and realizing he's going to make a play and you know you go back to the the early Rex Ryan days I mean that that was the run game you know it was it was more the offensive line than it was a specific running back but in those days the Jets could even when Mark Sanchez was struggling and this game kind of reminded Zach's performance in this one kind of reminded me of like one of those Sanchez games in the early Rex era where Sanchez really wasn't very good but it really did not matter because the defense and run game were so good and the Jets really, you know, Jets were able to survive despite some shaky performances out of Mark Sanchez in those games because they were able to run the ball effectively. Again, that team was more oriented on the offensive line, whereas I think this Jets team is a little bit more oriented on the running back, Brees Hall. But kind of the same concept. And Brees Hall is going to help Zach Wilson, you know, work through these rough games. This was, you know, this again. I don't think this was a good game for Zach, but. Nobody's really going to care about that because you're able to work around it and you were still able to produce on on offense because of what the run game was able to do because Brees Hall, you you give him the ball and you can count on him to have a productive run and a couple times a game, he's going to break a big one. It's just a nice luxury for this Jets team to have. You you look back to the draft and I, I said it at the time, listen, I hate trading up. I hate taking running backs early, but this was an exception. This was the type of player who could change an entire offense. And... We saw Brees Hall change this offense, and we've seen, we've seen Brees Hall change this offense in the last couple of weeks. It's become a run-oriented offense, and on days where the Jets aren't getting much from their passing game, they at least know there's somewhere they can go to grind out effective offensive plays. It's a huge benefit to this team. And I also got to give credit to the special teams. You know, there was not, Again, it was not a clean game. It was not a perfect game for the Jets on special teams. You had a blocked punt against you. Greg Zorline missed a kick for the first time since Week One. You know there, there were some there were some shaky moments, but a couple blocked kicks. You know Quinn Williams again, as though, though Quinn Williams wasn't doing enough on defense. He blocked a field goal attempt early to preserve a tie game. Kind of kept them. You know I, I don't know how the game changes if Green Bay gets that field goal. It did not feel like the type of play that would have led to a Titanic shift in the outcome of the game, but still. Quinton Williams kept three points off the board with his blocked field goal. And Michael Clemens could have blocked. You know, if that ball had gone a little bit further to the left, Michael Clemens would have blocked it. And then we're talking about Michael Clemens having a pair of blocks. But Clemens blocked a punt later in the game that put the Jets up two scores because uh, Will Parks picked it up and returned it for a touchdown. It was also a really well-designed play by Brant Boyer to kind of force a bust in Green Bay's protection on the punts. But Clemens got through and took the textbook, took the ball off the punter's foot, and the Jets were able to run that back. So, yeah, you look at this. This was a team victory. You you go on the road, you beat a Packers team that, you know, may not be as good as it's been the last couple of years, but still not in not an easy out at Lambeau Field. I don't think you're going to I don't think and again, maybe Aaron Rodgers was not 100%, but this is still the Packers. This is still Lambeau Field. This is still Aaron Rodgers. Even a compromised Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. And even if this is not a Super Bowl contender Packers team, I don't think this is an easy game. I don't think this is an easy team to beat on the road. Despite all of their issues, the Jets went up there and they were the better team. I don't think there's any question the Jets were the better team. You know, heading into this game, plenty of odds makers favored the Packers by a touchdown, and it just felt to me like that folk that they were focusing on their preconceptions of the teams, not on how the teams have actually looked. And for this Jets team now at four and two, we may need to change our expectations. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening. You'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. Both of these help the channel out and help other Jets fans find the podcast. Have a great Monday, everybody. Enjoy Victory Monday. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.
1: Hey, Prime members.